Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There could be 63,000 fans at Old Trafford on Wednesday night. That's how many tickets have been sold for the FA Youth Cup final between Manchester United and Nottingham Forest, including about 5,000 Forest fans. If it is a crowd around that number, it will be the biggest football audience in Britain this week. No other British club has a capacity as large as the number of tickets sold for this under-18s game. And it's brilliant. Let's be honest, it's something to be proud about as a United fan. And every Red there on Wednesday will be doing their bit in developing this talented team. We've had a great season so far and are seeing the number of people who have bought tickets and are absolutely buzzing to take the field under the lights one more time, having done so four times already. Welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast and Series 7, Episode 34, with me, Harry Robinson. My regular co-host, Jack Tate, is away this week and we're going to avoid the topic of the first team who disgraced themselves again on Saturday away at Brighton, conceding four times. Instead, the youth team um, will come back to more depressing matters another time, another week. Uh, I'm going to run you through everything you need to know about Wednesday's final, answer some related questions from some of our supporting patrons and give a bit of the inside track on these players, their characters and their style of play over the next 15 or 20 minutes. First of all, the FA Youth Cup, for those of you who, who don't know too much about it, is one of the world's most prestigious and, and storied youth football tournaments. Um, if you look at the Premier League now, well, in United's own squad, Tom Heaton was a 2003 winner. Paul Popper, Jesse Lingard were 2011 winners. Uh, Arsenal's Emile Smith-Rowe, Brighton's Tariq Lamptey. Chelsea's have plenty, having won loads over the last few years. Six, I think, in the last 10 years. Reese James, Mason Mount, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Callum Hudson-Odoi, many, many others, uh, including two of which are at Crystal Palace now, Mark Gehi and Conor Gallagher. Uh, also won it with Chelsea, Kieran Trippier with Newcastle United uh, more years ago than them. Um, and United are the most successful club in FA Youth Cup history, winning the competition on 10 occasions. And those 10 victories, I think, pretty much chronicle how the academy has proved the bedrock of success at Manchester United. The FA Youth Cup is intrinsically linked with the history of United over those 10 occasions, including the first five 
from the inaugural year, five in a row. The first year was 1952-53. Competition came about, it, it mirrors the FA Cup in its format in, in every way, pretty much. Um, and it came about, but before it happened, youth football was mainly competed and contested between kind of schools teams and, and county sides rather than clubs, uh, city teams as well. So you'd have Manchester boys, Lancashire boys, uh, there'd be Manchester school boys, even Lancashire school boys. And then they'd be picked from even more local teams within Manchester or, or whichever city it was. But after the war, the popularisation of, of club youth systems in much part due to United at, at the forefront of that meant a club competition was needed and, and the Youth Cup was formed. And, and when it was, Matt Busby and Jimmy Murphy went all in for it. And uh, then the Busby Babes were born. So that was 1953 to 57, five consecutive wins. Wolves were the other great team, youth team of that era. And then they went on to have a great first team in, in the 50s as well as United. Uh, and later West Ham with a team with Martin Peters, Jeff Hurst and, and Bobby Moore, um, who United came up against. Duncan Edwards in the United team was was the pick of a, a very brilliant bunch. He really, really dominated the competition, scoring a, a load of goals and just kind of amazing everyone he saw and then making England debut at 18. Um, but you, you, you all know that story. Edwards was one of five three-time winners, um, the others being uh, Bobby Charlton, Eddie Coleman, Tony Hawksworth and Wolf McGuinness. The next win after that period was 1964. George Best in that team, John Aston Jr. and David Sadler, the other two most well-known names probably. And then a few fallow years followed. Uh, and then there were two finals in the 80s, 82 and 86. Both defeats, first to Watford, then to City, but some great talents in that team. Um, Mark Hughes, Norman Whiteside, Clayton Blackmore in that 82 team. And, and that era is probably an example of why, uh, yes, it would be brilliant if United win. Um, and we'll all be hoping that. And, and there's no getting away from the fact the players want to win, the coaches want to win. Everyone will be wanting to win that game. But those 80s, especially 1982, is probably the perfect example of why you can get to the final and lose. And, and st- it, 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 winning is not the, the crucial bit to this. Getting to the final and that experience of playing in the final is, is really crucial to the long-term development, even though it'd be great. Um, and then finally, victory came again, 1992 under Eric Harrison. Um, you know all about that team. Then defeated finalists in 1993 with many of the same players against Leeds. That was the biggest crowd up to now, 30,000 at Old Trafford for that one. And then 1995 winners um, with Phil Neville as captain. His brother Gary having captained in 93 and Giggs in 92. The 2003 winners included Tom Heaton, uh, the star of that team, probably Kieran Richardson. And then 2007 defeated finalists and 2011 winners again with Lingard and Pogba and Harry Maguire on the losing team for Sheffield United. Also on the losing team was Travis Binion, United's current coach, who um, was part of the coaching staff then at the Sheffield United Academy. Um, In terms of the significance of the Youth Cup beyond that great history, uh, just in terms of numbers, 143 players have represented United in an FA Youth Cup final. 79 of those have gone on to play for the club's first team, 34 of whom have played more than 50 times for United, which is probably a proper marker of of success. 15 over 200 times, 39 have got senior international honours for 10 different countries. It's, It's a remarkable record. So this is a real, really significant thing. Um, and yeah, the crowd is just immense and, uh, speaking to people at the academy, it's a complete buzz about what's going on and, and also a real gratitude for United fans. And we all know the, the reason the crowd's so big is because the first team's rubbish. But I also think in, in the modern era, there is a 
real interest in, in the youth team now and a, a real intention to, to support them. There have been some crowds at, at Old Trafford in the previous rounds, but limited by certain factors and, and not enough tickets were put on sale. Um, and yeah, the, the run to the final, United beat Scunthorpe 4-2 in the third round. Garnacho lit that game up with a, a real acrobatic finish in front of Stretford and the other goals from Oya Deli, uh, Charlie McNeil and Sam Mather. Then there was an away game at Reading, uh, which United won 3-1 and then wins against Everton, uh, Leicester, Wolves and now into the final against Nottingham Forest who beat Chelsea in their semi-final. Late drama there. They were 1-0 down in the 85th minute, 1-3-1. Uh, Forrest have played three games away from home, which is good for them uh, to come into Old Trafford. And as for United in the league against Forrest, the last time um, they met was in November. Uh, there was a goal in each half for United. Uh, 2-0 win first from Manny Norkett, Nottinghamshire born himself, and then from Sam Mather to get a victory there. Uh, I mentioned Travis Binion. Uh, yeah, came from Sheffield United. He, he he joined United in November 2019. That was his first club since leaving Sheffield United to do his boyhood club. He'd left them that summer. He was a player there. Uh, injury curtailed his career early, age 21. Um, that will be a familiar tale to many who, who are familiar with the career of Kieran McKenna, who also had a, a similar thing. Many youth coaches have that uh, that history. And then, yeah, uh, Travis was an academy coach with Sheffield United, worked with loads of current Football League players during that time, including Maguire, but also Aaron Ramsdale, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, many others. Um, and now, yeah, he's he, he was first brought in as head of player development at the under 14 to 16 level. He still holds that position, but is also now the under 18s coach and has been for this season, his first season. As for the opposition coach, interesting, Warren Joyce, a, a brilliant servant of United for eight years from 2008 to 2016 as reserves manager, part of that time as, as co-manager for the reserves alongside Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, and, and they had great success during that time, five league titles in those eight years. And Joyce was a former player himself, had a good career at Bolton, uh, Preston North End, Hull City. Uh, he became player manager at Hull and then had a stint at Royal Antwerp before he came to United. But yeah, he left in 2016, became Wigan Athletic boss and then had roles at Melbourne City, Salford City and now Forest. And it's their first ever FA Youth Cup final. A great achievement for him. And he's uh, he gets his teams to work hard, very hard, very determined. And that's what you can expect at Old Trafford on Wednesday. And that will be a, a real test for United. And Chelsea are a good team. And um, to beat them in the semi-final is impressive. Um, very much so. Uh, as for United's team, well, um, it's talented. There's there's that much to say. It's an interesting one because if you looked at it at the start of the season, I don't think many would have predicted, uh, even kind of regular youth followers and people have seen this team come through. I'm not sure people would have predicted that they'd get to an FA Youth Cup final. I certainly didn't. Um, it's it, at the start of the season quite a quiet squad in terms of character and personality and the difference with other teams is there was no there was no properly standout player and I think that helped in many ways and I think that quiet character has has been a good thing and they've they've very much gained confidence and not just in in terms of playing but also in their character and, and the way that the groups come together has been great over this run um, and the coaches and academy staff are very happy with that but yeah, yeah I don't think people would have predicted this and even before games against Everton and Leicester I, I don't think I was confident even against Wolves I don't think I was confident but they've proved themselves every time and had a few different challenges to face and, and they've got lucky or not lucky well yeah I guess it is a bit lucky in, in terms of 
playing at Old Trafford for four out of the five games, playing away at Reading was the only one away from home. That is a, a, a little bit lucky and, and it comes with kind of home comforts and and you get used to it and you have the crowd behind you and, and all of that. Um, but they've dealt with things very well. They went behind against Leicester and Everton early on. Yeah, I think 12th minute or the 12th minute against Everton and 25th or something against Leicester and, and came from behind to do that. They've had very different games. There were games where they dominated, games where they haven't. Uh, they were challenged even against Scunthorpe who worked really hard and, and had a couple of good free kick routines and, and did very well. Um, so yeah, I don't think people would have expected this at the start of the season, but they've been fantastic and and kept their heads screwed on and, and it's paid off and they've worked very hard and they're working even harder now, naturally. Uh, a lot of competition for places. Uh, the team's generally been the same. Uh, the, well, I say that, but for example, in the earlier rounds, there was a, a young Scottish under-17 international, Louis Jackson, who's a centre-back. He played uh, the first two games before Reese Bennett came in uh, and Reese Bennett's captain the side since then. Uh, there's been a couple of injuries here and there. So you've had Sam Murray and Logan Pye playing at left-back, but Tyler Fredrickson's generally been the centre-back. Redek Vitex played every game in goal. Um, but yeah, since in, in the last few rounds, it, it's now got a settled team. Uh, the biggest headline grabber obviously being Alejandro Garnacho, who's got his first team debut on the back of a brilliant Youth Cup campaign. And the hype is justified, especially after his Youth Cup performances. But as always with these things, it is a little bit premature. He's got lots to do still. But he has had a great season uh, and a consistent one too. And I think that's been impressive. Uh, consistency at multiple levels in the 18s, the 19s, the 21s, the 23s, multiple competitions, the Youth League, the Youth Cup, uh, the Premier League 2, the Under-18 Premier League. That, that's really good. Lots of you will have seen clips of him by now. If you haven't, explosive winger, hard worker, determined, real like, powerful dribbling style, uh, a, a quick shot, good finish and, and so much confidence at the moment. Uh, he scored five goals in the Youth Cup including both against Leicester in the quarterfinal, probably the best individual performance we've seen in the Youth Cup so far. Most of them have been team performances, but this was Garnacho first equalising with a drilled free kick just before half-time and then a great finish in the 89th minute. And that's a proper individual display, but also relied on on this team as well. Uh, some people probably say his best late goal was that individual goal against Everton, Bale-esque, where he kind of just sprinted down the pitch at the end of the game. But I think the finish against Wolves in the semi-final is, is brilliant. That's probably my favourite. It's rasping shot after a good run as well. The other top scorer is Charlie McNeil, who he's got a great partnership with. Uh, both have five goals. McNeil's a good player, uh, as with most players in to bulk up a bit, especially strikers. Um, that'll be being worked on. It is being worked on. Um, but yeah, shown some really good finishes. He talks a good game of staying calm and being proud of where the team has got to so far. If he can be true to that attitude all throughout his career, he'll do well. Um, as with all these players, got to get the right attitude. Um, Sam Mother, also on the score sheet three times. Local Salford lad, he's done very well on the wing. Kobe Mainu, Stockport boy from Cheadle, creatively outstanding midfielder, easy on the eye, got that tall, languid midfield style, great vision, some great passes and, and two goals to his name as well. Um, Dan Gore alongside him, tenacious little midfielder, played for the same team as Sam Mother in Salford as a kid. Max Oliadelli did too, another midfielder, calm, easy on the eye as well. Good passing, nice composure in there. Easy Hansen, also a midfield, Norwegian kid, played senior football for Tromso as a kid before coming. Uh, got a lot of support from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer upon moving here and before moving here. He's got a, a lovely pass on him in the same way that Kobe Mainu does uh, and some eye-catching assists. He's great at finding those defence 
splitting passes and, and great ball control, that low centre of gravity you get with a lot of attacking midfielders these days. Uh, yeah, the captain, Reese Bennett, he's got his head screwed on, certainly. Went to primary school in Denton um, in Manchester. Goes back to visit a lot, which I was very happy to hear. Teachers there love him. The kids love him. He's promised one of his teachers a car if he properly makes it at United. Um, he wants to do his bit in giving back to the community. And that, that's similar to things I heard about Antti Leanga in... Uh, uh, in Hattersley and Hyde, who used to go back to the guy who drove him to training a lot when his when his mum couldn't, and that's it, that is a, a great sign. Uh, Bennett will lead the team out. He's a good centre back. He's buzzing to play in front of such a big crowd and confident. Tyler Fredrickson, reliable alongside him. Radic Vitek in goal, a Czech boy, big lad. Um, can be shy but commanding on the pitch. Enjoys it. Loves loves being there. Um, likes to claim crosses. Has made some great saves, uh, particularly in the UEFA Youth League. Really, he's had some really outstanding performances there. Um, as for the rest of the back four, Sam Murray or Logan Pye at left back, they'll be competing for that spot. Mark Gerardo at right back. His English is coming on very nicely since joining in 2020 from Barcelona. Garnacho, who signed from Atleti on the left wing, probably Mather on the right, or Ethan Ennis, former Liverpool boy, born in Runcorn, whose goal-scoring form has been great. Uh, settled in slowly after joining last summer, um, but he's made that edge-of-the-box curler's trademark in recent weeks. McNeil up front, Joel Hugel and Manny Norkett on the bench. Very reliable backups for now. Both got great talent too, but McNeil's been in good form and, and won't be dropped. Um, he's keeping them out of the team for now, but they'll be great subs if if we need them. As for Forrest, they're ones to watch probably a sapper song who scored two against Chelsea. Only joined the academy at late age, 13, I think. But he's their top scorer in all competitions. Dale Taylor's one to watch, capped by Northern Ireland's senior team. And I'd imagine his Forest debut will come soon. Uh, quick feet, physical strength, uh, outgoing character and a, and a good finisher. Um, so that's a, a, a run through of the teams. Um as for, yeah, the academy are excited. I think there's been, as I there's been kind of a hesitancy to get, get ahead of themselves, but there is that great excitement and it, it really runs through the club. I think you find like the 23s going to watch them are enjoying it. Um, the ones who, who can't play in the youth cup anymore, you're getting every team from the academy from kind of under nines upwards is at Old Trafford for all these games, which is brilliant. They sit behind the, uh, behind the director's box and you hear this kind of, high-pitched celebrations and songs and it, it, it's great. It's great for the whole club. And there's so many people involved in this from kind of the host parents in digs or whoever's doing them, the education officers, the physios, the analysts, um, the canteen staff. Like the, these are the, the, so many people at Carrington and at the cliff who have seen these boys grow up and are very proud of them. And it's, it's really nice. And it's a, uh, I think in the, especially with the bad first team form, but also just in general, a lot of the time, modern football at the very elite level is, can be frustrating. It's a reminder of why it's so great. If you want to hear interviews with Travis Binion, uh, Justin Cochrane, who's head of player development, uh, all the players, uh, Nick Cox, who's head of academy, there's loads of stuff on, on the club website, which I've been helping with some really nice stuff. And if you want more detail and all the things I've been talking about, then yeah, go there. Cause that's, a lot of what I've been doing recently. Uh, and yeah, if you still want tickets, a quid and that goes to the Manchester United Foundation. It should be a great night and, and maybe see some of you there. If you can't make it, it's live on MUTV. Uh, it's on the FA player as well. If you haven't got MUTV and it's, uh, you can get it on Facebook for 99p. I'm not quite sure how that works, but you might. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want it, if you're not on MUTV and you want it for free, the FA player, uh, I think you just sign up. I don't think you have to pay anything. You just sign up with your email and can watch it on there. 
Right, some questions from patrons. First, from Dave Shevlin, who says, do you think whatever European competition we end up in should be used for developing youth or one to be taken seriously that we try and win? Well, look, we're either going to be in the conference or the Europa, so yes. Uh, especially, I think, if, if for example, James Garner stays and go out on loan or, or Ethan Laird or Dylan Levitt, who knows what the club will do with those players or, or Dishon Bernard. They're the main candidates, probably. Uh, I think you've got to find the right balance. I think if this was a normal season, you might say, try build rhythm, especially with a new manager who's bringing in a new tactical system to play. But I think especially this year, because of the 2022 World Cup, even busier schedule than normal. Six Europa League games in eight weeks to play. I haven't double-checked this, but I presume in the League Cup third round as well. So that's seven midweek games in eight weeks, which is silly. You're going to need a full squad. So use the talented youngsters where appropriate, especially on the bench to give them that experience. Because one of the key things about missing out on the Champions League from a big picture point of view is you're not in the UEFA Youth League, which is a real shame. It's a, it's a brilliant place for players to develop. You play different teams instead of the same ones. You play, uh, you get trips abroad. The academy will probably put on some trips abroad, similar to one the under-23s went to Monaco last month for a friendly there in a training camp. But it's, it's not the same as that competitive environment and an in-and-out nature of travel. So having those kids in, in those, you get massive squads in the Europa League, so use them, um, that would be valuable. And they deserve a chance. Um, I think this season there's not been so many players who obviously need a, a, a chance. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people are clamouring for Hannibal and Shuratire, but... There's a reason that they need to carry on developing. They shouldn't. They can't always come in, and it's not been the perfect environment. But players like Garner, if he stays, do deserve that opportunity. Maybe Levitt and Bernard too. Um, and I think it's also worth remembering next season, like the, the players, the young players we use don't have to make it. There's, there's often this thing of like, well, no, they're not going to make it, so why bother giving them minutes? And it's well, actually, if if they can do a job for us and they can be decent for a season, and then you sell them, that that's okay too. Um, so maybe in the case of some of the older ones, like Teeth Chong, is he going to make it United? I don't know. He could prove himself. Uh, but even if he doesn't prove himself, he could also be a really useful option during the season. Or it could be the same with Deshaun Bernard. He, he might not make it, he might, but he could be a useful option. Even Axel Twanzebe, I guess, although he's had some injury problems recently with his back. Other question from Dave is, uh, what kind of loan moves for youth players have we done that have worked or not worked this year? What mistakes have we made this year that we can avoid? Uh, is there anyone on a loan you think just needs moving on at this point or should be recalled? I used to look at loan moves as, as kind of game time and not much else, as in I used to rate them by like game time or success on the pitch or whatever. But if you speak to Nick Cox about this, it, it is quite interesting. For example, he'd point out Damani Mello, who barely got any game time at Salford City, but has come back a much better player. Uh, and he's a kind of he's a captain in under twenty threes now, and really leading that team. His work rate is brilliant. Uh, yeah, he's come back a better player. Will Fish has come back a better player. Barely played at Stockport County. Dishon Bernard had great time at Hull for a few months. Then a new manager came in. He's barely been in the team. And I, I put that to Nick Cox, and he said, "Well, yeah, but actually, those low moves are not just for game time. They're for the other experiences. So for Bernard to." Um, get out the team to be dropped to in theory not be rated as highly as Hull's other options and have to try and work his way back in that's a really useful experience in terms of building his character and 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 giving him an understanding and let him deal with those experiences so that when it happens at United maybe he knows how to deal with them so which have failed I don't know because we don't know the details of all of them not many um for, and uh, for example another big thing that Brandon Williams has spoken at Norwich about how Part of the great thing he's learned at Norwich is 
just living by himself, being away from his mates, having to cook for himself, having to cope with all these new things. That's, that's kind of things we forget with Lomu. So can Lomu fail? Yeah. Uh, I guess for Kunda Polistri, he's not played enough at, at Deportivo Alaves. Uh, Ahmad's probably not played enough at Rangers, but that's a really useful thing for him as well. Um, and he, he needs to kind of bulk up and get used to that. And he's still scored a couple of goals. He's been part of a winning team. He's seen what it takes. So that's useful as well. Um, so I'm not sure uh, what we can learn. Um, I think I think United can learn which clubs are, are really appropriate for our young players. And I think building those relationships with certain clubs would be very useful. So if Rooney's going to stay at Derby under new owners, that could be Derby with Kieran McKenna at Ipswich. It could be Ipswich next year. Um, yeah, I think that would be that would be useful. Final question from Corey Lennox, one of our patrons, who says, what youngsters playing in this final do you think are the brightest possible future in the senior team? It's always a tough one. I think, it, I think it, at the under 18 level, it, it's... It's too early to properly say. So many things can go right. So many can go wrong. Once you're in 23s, then you can start making, because then the next step is first team. Whereas when you're 18, when it, uh, most of these players are 17 as well, at that age, your next step is under 23s football. And then after that, maybe alone. And then the first team, there's so many things on the way. And especially for the ones who aren't like nailed on it, you don't go, yeah, he's definitely going to make it, which would be, for example, like Wayne Rooney at Everton, everyone knew he was going to make it. I'd argue none of these are nailed on. Then it, it can rely on like injuries or lack of signings or whatever. Garnacho's clearly doing well. He's got to keep it up. The step up to the under 23s football properly will be interesting next year. Yeah, I've played a few, but he's mainly played for the 18s and 19s this year. He played for the 23s recently, scored against uh, Chelsea at Old Trafford. That's a good sign. Needs to keep that up and, and keep his head screwed on, keep himself grounded, make sure he doesn't get ahead of himself and, and, and also deal with the fact that after his little spurt of being in the first team training and, and playing, uh, he'll probably be down with the under-23s for a lot of next season. Not definitely. He could suddenly burst into life over pre-season or, and then be part of the first team. But on the balance of probabilities, probably being the 23s and, and you've got to deal with that. It's it's uh, kind of bringing back down to earth and, and some players struggle with it. Most United players deal with it because they've been brought up to deal with it. So hopefully he will. Um, I love watching Kobe Monu play, but he's only 17. So same applies. I think that whole midfield of him, Dan Gore, Maxi Oledeli, Isaac Hansen, they all have real different, they all have real talent in different ways. Uh, but yeah, all, they're also all very young and a long way to go. Not wants to think about for, for a couple of years, I in my, I think, in my opinion. Marcarado's a good fullback. Uh, Radic Vitek's developing well. Um, but I, I'm all, I don't know enough about goalkeepers really to to judge his his potential and particularly with goalkeepers you can't be judging them at, at 18 it, well some people can experts can but as a fan I, I don't think you can because there's so much to learn in goalkeeping it's a, an old man's game in many ways yeah there's some great talents in that team but I think with the Youth Cup yes you can give kind of the ones you really like watching and Garnacho's one of them Kobe Miner's one of them but I like yeah, I like a lot of those players. If you said who's going to make it, I think it's too early. But Garnacho is obviously closest at the moment. Okay, we'll wrap things up. Uh, hopefully, I've, I might see some of you at the FA Youth Cup final. If you go in, enjoy it. It should be brilliant. And uh, yeah, I do think it is something to be proud of as a as a fan base, how many people have bought tickets. And if you bought your ticket and you're thinking on Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon do I have time to go to this I would urge you as strongly as possible get there because it, it will be brilliant and it, it makes a difference talking to the 
academy stuff over the last couple of weeks. So it properly makes a difference. And when you're there, just give that encouragement and enjoy watching them because it'll be, uh, hopefully be a, a rare one to enjoy watching. Whether they win or lose, there's some talent there and, and, and good kids. So uh, high hopes for them. Okay, we'll wrap things up there. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry for droning on for so long with just my voice, but Jack's away this week. And yeah, have a great week. Goodbye. Okay, patrons, one more question from Corey Lennox, who says, uh, what do you think would be the most fun 11 to toss out at Selhurst Park next weekend? Um, Which is a tricky one. Fun? Who knows? Um, I don't think you want too many kids. I wouldn't play any of the players who who are going. Um, apart from maybe Kwamata and that's not because I think he needs another send-off I think he's really useful to have with when he's alongside young players um, I'd play Hannibal I'd play Garnacho I'd have Shuratiri in the squad I'd have Fernandez in the squad possibly starting who else uh, but if you ask me for a team uh, De Gea Dallo, uh, Lin, Lindelof, Varane, I guess it'd be maybe Maguire, Varane. Yeah, Maguire, Varane. And yeah, go on, Fernandez. Um, get, give him his debut. And then, in fact, maybe then Juan Masako on the other side. But if you ask me for fun, yeah, Dallo. <laughs> um, Dallo on, and Fernandez at fullbacks. Uh, Fred, who will hopefully be back. Matic is quite useful to play with the kids. I don't think there's another midfielder ready to go into there, but I'd have I'd maybe bring Zidane, Iqbal and Charlie Savage along um, to kind of draw a circle at the end of their season. That would be nice. Although I don't think they've been training with the first team recently, so it's probably unlikely. But actually, they, they, they've got plenty of time to do so over the next couple of weeks. Probably, I might go like Mata, Hannibal and uh, Garnacho if you're asking me for fun. Because I think Mata would kind of help if Hannibal gets annoyed Matt would help and also Matt is great for those young kids because he can give them loads of touches on the ball early on because he's great at keeping the ball and yeah I think he'll be really really good with them and then up front uh, Ronaldo who will also be good good with them so is that a full team? I think so 4-2-3-1 isn't it? yeah Fred Matic Matt Garnacho Hannibal Ronaldo exciting and yeah a few players off the bench um, yeah Corey let me know what your funnest team would be in the comments and yeah we'll wrap up there patrons thank you very much for your support I hope you enjoyed that as I say despite it just being me and and longer than I expected and yeah have a brilliant week goodbye Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.